0: right welcome true believers and newcomers alike to the corporate global fantasy premier league podcast i am the uh stan lee of your podcast uh taylor hair we're back baby it's evan evan the peter parker of the podcast (laughs) i created you (laughs) okay
1: let's go with that (laughs) We, we went with it how are you doing evan i'm doing fabulous i'm raring to go We've had a lot of action. We've had a lot of action and we've had a
0: lot of time in between our last uh, podcasting session. So we are just ready to go. All powered up. All powered up. Energy bars at full capacity. Um, we'll see the direction this takes. Um, <laughs> we've, got, we've got a structure in place in order to keep us in line a little bit. We've got some questions to ask each other um, after we go over the league table. So hopefully there will be some kind of loose structure, but you never know. Evan has given me permission to uh, to tone it, to tell him to tone it down if things get too wild. So uh, you can be on the the lookout for that.
1: That is true. I've, I'm feeling a little crazy right now, so I have given permission to Taylor to tell me to to tone it down a bit. So, um, yeah. So if he, if he says that, don't don't get on him. Don't get on him <laughs> about that. He's not being rude. I've actually uh, already told him in advance, I'm going to be a little crazy. So we have, see what we,
0: we have a safe word lined up. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Are you crazy because of uh, Everton's antics at Manchester United this weekend? Um,
1: that certainly got me all riled up. Um, I think it's just been so long since we've, Uh, it felt it feels like it's been so long since we've podcasted and talked about Premier League and there's been a lot happening in the Premier League and a lot happening in our fantasy Premier League and I've had I had one particular good week and so that kind of put me back into the swing of things and so I think I'm just yeah I think I'm just feeling overall positive about um, the rest of the season and kind of where things are going right now
0: yeah totally I also feel good like I definitely had a, a kind of like dip in interest in uh like the Premier League and also fantasy there for a couple weeks where I was just like kind of struggling through and I think we talked about that a little bit last time but i I'm feeling very energized right
1: now yeah I'm I'm I think I was in the same boat and uh, yeah I don't know I don't know why because it seems like the relegation battle and also the the title race are both kind of settled <laughs> so yeah um, I guess there's still uh, you know a decent amount of Uh, action going on in you know around the top four in the mid table and then of course in our fantasy premier league uh, table there's a lot of action so there's still plenty to be excited for even though uh, the the narrative of the premier league is starting to kind of iron out yeah totally all right uh
0: to get us started off evan do you want to um give us a rundown of the extremely changed um premier league table or, or, oh, I'm sorry, the fantasy Premier league table. That is the corporate global league.
1: Yeah, you bet. I do. <laughs> um, so I guess let's, uh, start from the top. Um, it kind of pains me to say that somehow Jerry Groth is, uh, still the Lords of the soccer ball. Um, and he's still up at top, um, uh, with a monster game week, this past game week of 95 points, he's up at the top of our leaderboards at 1289. Um, and then second, right behind him, I say right behind him, he's, uh, what is that, almost 30 points behind him is V. Bruce Matthews, William Spicer. Um, in third place, Ancelotti, Annie Evanestis Evan Estes at 1252. Um, so we got Spicer at 1260, Evan at 1252. Uh, Apple Incorporated official Taylor Hare is at 1251 in fourth place. Um, and then we drop a little bit to Winterface's faces Wyatt Keener in fifth. Um, with a total score of twelve sixteen, and then uh, last but certainly not least, our baby boy of the of the uh, of the corporate global fantasy league, Tim Griffith with crumbs um, at uh, one thousand eighty four points, um, still down there, still hanging out. Uh, we love to see him. Totally, he's. We love to up. see him here. We wish he was a little <laughs> bit higher, but someone's got to hold it down there. Tim, you're doing a great job, buddy just yeah. keep it up keep plugging away it's a long season um and try to have some fun with it i don't know i don't know what uh i don't know what to say now i will i guess let's go ahead and start this thing off by saying yes jay is up at the top still but there was a lot of action this past game week um that really shook things up and william spicer overtook jay for the first time uh, anybody has and held that first place spot for a solid game week um but then Jay immediately took him over with a massive haul this past week. So um, we've had some fluctuation. I've been able to wiggle my way up to third and Taylor, it, I hate to say it, but man, it feels so bad to see you up there in second place, chasing after Jay, slowly climbing your way um, into reach um, to overtake him. And then all of a sudden you're, you're in fourth. Yeah. And, and Spicer's in first. It's like, it, I'm it must feel bad. I'm not trying to like (laughs) I'm not trying to not trying to talk shit here, but uh, tell me what I want to know what what you're thinking at this point, because you just said you're still feeling pretty good. So take me through this roller coaster here. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, I think um, yeah, there's so much to say about it. I definitely don't like where I am. I'll say that in fourth place a point behind you was not expecting to be here, you know, a couple weeks ago. I think when we potted last time I was, I may not have said this, but I was definitely fully expecting to be in first place oh. by, the, by the next game week. Um, oh, wow. I had, I had this elaborate, like uh metaphor in my mind of like that scene at the end of star Wars episode one, like Naboo feed palace. Um, they've defeated the droid Federation army. <laughs> um, and peace has been restored. But now, thinking about it now, me dropping down to fourth and Jay reasserting himself um, is is actually fitting for that analogy. Because, you know, Emperor Palpatine, the one who was in charge of the Droid Federation army, um, wasn't defeated after all, right? He was just waiting, biding his time to reassert himself. So, Jay, the, the, the Emperor Palpatine of our league, has... Has certainly kind of um, certainly lived up to my mental image of that scene, but it it hasn't been it hasn't been great. Like I've had a couple really bad game weeks. I think as we talked about right before we started potting, um, I've made a couple of bad decisions in terms of players bringing them on, then having second thoughts and taking them off again when I probably should have left them on. Um, So it's been it's been bad, but I like that it's still close enough that. You know, with a, a game week or two um, that is really good, I can I can be right back in the mix. How are you feeling? You've because you've risen from, I mean, over the past month or so, you've risen from fifth all the way up to third and almost to second.
1: Yeah, it's been a steady, steady climb, and I've had to keep reminding myself that uh, it's just going to take some time, um, just because of how my team is set up and kind of, I guess, the overall meta of the. Of, of the fantasy game right now is that it's pretty settled and there's not, there's not a ton of differential picks that I can choose that I can rely on. So um, I'm just having to, to play the long game and just chip away at the leads until I um, um, can kind of work my way up. Luckily last week, I had a huge week that helped a lot mm-hmm. um, with a, a, with a big captaincy pick. Um, so I think if I can continue just do what I'm doing and playing play consistently and at least, um, get somewhere around the average and above average. Um, if I never really, even on bad weeks, don't drop too much, then all it takes is like one captaincy and I'm up, I'm up at the top and I just have to figure out a way to hold on. Um, and I think that I can do that. So it's just a matter of, um, getting to the top. So I'm, yeah, like you said, I'm feeling pretty good too. And it's still fairly close, even though Jay took a pretty big lead, um, just now. Um, but yeah yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes over the next couple of weeks. It just goes to show you how, how quickly this can change. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even Wyatt, like Wyatt is not very far behind me at this point. And especially, I mean, he outperformed me by 17 points this past week. So like a couple more of those and he's, he's like right in the mix too. So um, it's a great time to be a part of the corporate global fantasy league. Um, And yeah, I'm feeling just like very, uh, very competitive at the moment, which is very nice, a good way to, to feel going into, into February.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm feeling pretty competitive. I would say most people are, um, as long as you're playing the game, you're probably feeling pretty competitive at this point. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we move on to move on from the table is yeah. uh, I definitely think we need to circle back to the Star Wars analogy and label all of our uh, all of us as different Star Wars characters. Oh, <laughs> and specifically <laughs> as characters in that scene in the Naboo in palace. scene. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know. I I've only seen Star Wars like once all the way through, so oh, wow. I need to go back and watch the prequels. I love the prequels, to be honest. Yeah, me um, too so i know that they get a lot of hate but i love them um so jay is definitely we don't have to do this now but we can maybe think about it but yeah. jay is definitely emperor palpatine for sure right. sure is someone going to be a jar jar binks i don't know i don't uh, know
0: i was thinking in the nabuti palace scene i was thinking i would be boss Nass, <laughs> just because <laughs> he was the one who like i uh, this is like showing my hubris right now right but he he's the one who um like initiates the kind of peace with, the, <laughs> with the Thede Palace people and his his words in that scene are peace and oh yeah I was going to declare uh, a time of peace a Pax Romana when uh, I took over Jay, but obviously that hasn't happened so
1: okay okay I can see that um he's six foot eight by the way
0: <laughs> wow I mean I don't I don't see any difference there well actually it says six point eight feet. So that's actually (laughs) not. That's actually even taller. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So if I'm Boss Ness, Jay is Emperor Palpatine, who would Spicer be? Uh, Man, a kind of quick rise. I mean, that could be like a Jar Jar Binks, right? Like he kind of of like comes out of nowhere. Like one minute he is a castaway of the Gungans, and the next he's a senator in Coruscant. Like a very quick rise, meteoric, uh you could even say. Um so I think that might fit the bill for Jar Jar Binks.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: And then what about you? Who do you who do you feel that you best embody?
1: I, to be honest, I don't know many. I don't know that scene, so I have no idea.
0: Well, your choices, as I see them, are Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, young Anakin, like uh, like oh. older than an infant Anakin, or um, uh, uh, Padme Amidala.
1: Okay, here's here's how I would see the rest, of the other three. Okay, I I would be Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, Wyatt Wyatt would be um, Padme, and Tim okay. would be okay. Anakin. Is that what you were thinking? Is that I how you I, would do
0: it? I think that works great. I think that works great.
1: Yeah. I think that works. Because I won the league last year. So I feel like I have, like, I don't know. I feel like there's that kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel uh, a sense of. You can say it. It's authority. I can pass. <laughs> authority, yeah. I can pass on some wisdom to to, uh, to Tim and hopefully um, to Anakin. And hopefully I can. Uh, Lead him away from the dark side but um I have a feeling this season is is perfect because Tim's at the bottom he is uh he is gonna enact his revenge next season
0: Uh, oh I love it
1: as Darth Vader
0: yeah and then the season after that he'll kill all the younglings
1: (laughs) okay yeah
0: (laughs) wow and then you 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 and him will have an epic face-off which uh
1: would be incredible wow that would be a lot of fun
0: It'll be a lot of fun. I think know. we can we can chart out a nice three season arc. So,
1: this is episode one. So, um, wow, could you imagine if uh, every season we did this, we we just progressed in the episodes of the Star Wars yes franchise, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and then some seasons we could like branch off into like Mandalorian oh um, characters and like okay, that's this is getting a little this is taking a turn. I told you I was going to be goofy and sad. that's okay. I'm enjoying
0: it. I haven't I haven't uttered our safe word, so you're good. Um, All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. And I think we should also say before we move on to some of the questions we have for each other, um, we should say a big congratulations to Spicer for getting so far in the um, FPL Cup. Um, definitely made a much deeper run than any of the rest of us and um, had a close one there at the end. I think you only lost by a couple points. Um man. but man, oh, man. good on you for representing the group.
1: Yeah, you did fabulously. I think I've been playing this game for, I think there's probably been about three or maybe this is my fourth, like actual season of like trying to pay attention. Um, and I've never made it anywhere that far. I've made it maybe two rounds. So the fact that you got so many rounds in is honestly, uh, pretty incredible. I mean, obviously there's luck that plays into it with the head to head stuff, of course, but, um, you're not going to get that far with a bad team. So, um, I think you timed your rise uh, pretty well. Yeah, totally. Misa thinks you did well. <laughs> oh man, he should be saying that. I'm uh, yeah, whatever. It's okay. You can say it. <laughs> you can say it to him encouraging. You. Maybe I want to be Jar Jar in this uh, in this podcast episode. I am Jar Jar Pete. Okay, fair enough. Because I'm I'm very I'm active, very silly. Okay. <laughs> um. Awesome. Well, Evan,
0: as a way of getting into some of the things that happened both in the Premier League writ large and then in our Fantasy Premier League. Um, uh, I want to ask you a question, and I want to ask you this first because we spent quite a bit of time talking about Chelsea the last time we made a podcast. And um, at that point, we, were, we had high hopes that Ralph Hasenhutl was going to take over Chelsea. Um, obviously, Lampard hadn't been fired yet, but we suspected that would happen. And in that time, not only has Chelsea hired a new manager, um, Thomas Tuchel, who was formerly the manager at PSG. and Thomas Tuchel.
1: Thomas, Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> Tuchel's <Thomas Tossentukle. Perfect. laughs> <Hassan-Hoodle's> brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, perfect. They have different
1: last names, which yeah. is interesting.
0: Uh, Thomas, Thomas Tuchel. Uh, and so they've started playing really well under him at least improving, um, and also inversely, Ralph Aspenhutl's Southampton has started playing kind of poorly and obviously had the big 9-0, um, but has really not looked nearly as solid as they looked in the first part of the season. Um, so I wanted to start with Chelsea and ask, like, as you see it, um, who are the Chelsea players that might be worth picking up and playing are there any that you would feel comfortable playing at this point because obviously Tuchel is still trying to like figure out his best lineup um, and is kind of playing the kitchen sink um, but are there any that you would you would feel comfortable picking up for your team
1: um, I guess I would say I wouldn't be in a rush to get them um, so let me throw that out there um, I think that he is still probably trying to figure out his best 11 and who's going to fit that, his strategy, the best. Um, that's just the way it always goes with new managers. Um, but I think I would probably say, um, who I would look at first, obviously the most nailed player is going to be the goalie. Um, but everyone's probably got a goalie situation. Um,
0: and you you have Mindy. Right I actually now, right? have
1: him. Yeah, I have him. I picked him up several weeks ago um, when Frank Lampard was still at the club, and I've I've been I've made some terrible goalie choices. It's been like the weakest point this season hmm. um, for me. But I picked him up a few weeks back when Lampard was still there because they had a good run of fixtures, and he is the only one that I could afford, I think, or he was the best one that I could afford, um, and they were still. And, You know, when Lampard was in control, they had a solid defense. So um, it's not like they were super leaky or anything. Um, So I picked him up. He's going to be the most nailed player. Obviously, he's still got that position. Um, So he would be one that you could look at if you really need a goalie. But like I said, most people probably don't. Um, And then I would probably say really the only other people I'd look at are maybe um, some defenders. But I probably wouldn't spend too much. Um, I picked up Azpilicueta. Mm. um because he's he's the captain um he's probably pretty nailed as well and uh, with Tiago Silva it definitely hurts him being injured mm. but it also ensures that aspilquito will get playing time I think so um I don't know it, it's not great that he got hurt and that's another reason I wouldn't rush to get, bring in Chelsea Defenders is because tiago Silva's out um so I think they're going to be a little bit Maybe uh, shaky back there. Maybe not shaky, but a little less solid than than they were. Um, Another one I could look at is Rudiger, who's incredibly cheap. Mm -hmm. I think he's like 4'6", 4.6. So he's probably one of the first – I almost brought him in. But I decided to go with Azpilicueta because I thought he was more nailed to get playing time. Um, But it looks like Rudiger is probably going to get some playing time too. And if you don't – if you're not relying on him being a starter – then 4.6 is nothing to spend on a bench player. That's going to get points every now and then. So um, that's another one I'd look at. Uh, And then, honestly, I mean, you've got Werner, and he's gotten plenty of playing time, I think, um, so far. And he's gotten some returns for you. So I don't know that I would rush to bring him in, but he's definitely someone I would keep an eye on. Um, Him, and then... I don't know. I guess I don't know that I would pick Mason Mount, but he he looks to be doing pretty well um, in that lineup, but I don't know. I don't know how many midfielders I'd go. I don't know how many midfielders. I, I don't think I'd go with any of the midfielders, just because he seems to like having Kovacic and um, Jorginho together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that obviously having both of them playing takes up some spots. Um, so then you're looking at some of the wingers and Pulisic has a history of being injured and he's not gotten a ton of playing time. Callum Hudson O'Doy's trying to make his way in there. Um, So I think it's still kind of up in the air as far as the attack goes, but um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I think you're spot on with the defense. Like uh, so the only person who has scored on Chelsea since Tuchel took over is Antonio Rudiger with his own goal this past weekend. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm like, yeah, that's uh, – someone might need to double-check me on that, but I'm like 95% wait. sure that's the case. Um,
1: Jorginho and Mount
0: both scored. No, 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 scored on Chelsea.
1: Oh, oh I thought you meant for Chelsea. I was like, wait. No, what? no, no. Um, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and so, like, I think a, de- a defender slash getting Eduard Mendy in there in goal um, is a great shout. I think – The person that I worry about is Ben Chilwell just because for whatever reason, he doesn't seem as ready to play him on the left side um, as uh, Frank Lampard was, even though Ben Chilwell is obviously a great player. Um, So I would be a little bit hesitant about bringing him in, Um, but he seems pretty happy to play as Bill and Rhys James both on the right and basically all their attack goes through the right, at least as I've seen it so far. Um, so just tons of opportunities for those two players to get forward, which is always nice. Um, and then in terms of the forward players, I, I mean, I just like Timo Werner. I want him to do well. So like my my pick of Timo oh, wow. Werner is partially emotional, Um but I also think he's like playing increasingly well. And um, obviously he got me 10 points this past week with an assist and then he earned a, a penalty. Um, so I think he's the kind of player that like, once he scores, it'll just be, uh, it'll be kind of open season for him. Um, he reminds me so much. I don't know if you feel this way, but he reminds me so much of Mosala. Like they seem to me almost identical players. Like they're so fast they, their whole game is like making really quick runs like ahead of the ball. Um, like just kind of hovering on the offsides line and just like making those runs in and are really very much dependent on the players around them. Um, and so it's just like a very interesting thing to me to watch them play because um, they seem to be so similar in style. Um, yeah, and then Mason Mount, obviously he's playing a lot, but I don't know how many goals he's going to score as opposed to just like orchestrating things. So I probably wouldn't bring in Mount. Um but I mean Wyatt's got Werner too. I don't think he's a terrible one to bring in although the big question there is just always, you know, which of those eight or nine attacking players is going to get the start on any given week. So
1: Yeah. No. It's been very, it's been very fun to player. watch.
0: It's been so much fun to watch though. I love watching Chelsea.
1: Yeah. I wish I had been able to watch them more uh, recently, but um, I think now that Tuchel is going to, I think now that Tuchel is kind of like made his kind of starting to form his plan, I think they will be even more exciting to watch. So I definitely want to catch their games coming up because they, yeah, they are very fascinating to watch just because they brought in so many players this past summer. Um, and now that they've got such a quality manager, they could be, they could turn into like a, uh, I know we said this at the beginning of the season, but they could become like a, a, a title challenger next season, depending on how it goes. Um, totally. I, I think uh, that they're a
0: point, they're only a point outside of the Champions League spots right now.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's possible. I think they'll probably get, well, I don't know that they'll get champions like they'll get Europe, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, they're they're fascinating to watch, kind of um, really as like a like a case study in a way, if that makes sense. Just kind of just see and like they're an experiment just to see how how things get put together. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Totally.
1: Well, cool. well, that's Chelsea. Unless there was anything else you wanted to to mention, but. Um, they've been a, a big talking point on our pack podcast this season. So all, it's all about narrative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and I just love the way Thomas Tuchel looks on the sideline too.
1: Yeah. Um, should we um, – do you actually want to move on to your second question since it's uh, team-specific? Um, yeah. That kind sure. of – and then we can move on to one of my questions that's kind of team-specific too.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds great. So my second question – and this is one that's really eating at me right now, is um, how how long do we ride the West Ham wave?
1: Oh man, this is great. So, oh, wow, how long should we ride the West Ham rape wave? Um, so, it's taken me very a very long time to come to this conclusion, but West Ham are good. <laughs> I'm um, and. <laughs> I don't think they're as good as where they are now. Um, they will challenge maybe for seventh or sixth. They'll challenge for like your your uh, Europa, I think. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a, to, uh, a little po- live podcast thing um, on stereo. The app, the stereo app, which is like mm. a live podcast thing. It's basically just people um, talking about whatever. Um, it's not super super formal, but. Um, It was a couple of guys talking about Premier League. One of them mentioned one of, they weren't British. Um, So it's always a little skeptical. I know that that's telling I know that we're not British and we're talking about Premier League, (laughs) but that one of them said, but when you make bold claims and you're not like, I don't know, I just feel like you can't make bold claims if you're an American talking about the Premier League. That's just Mm -hmm. my take. Um, but this guy said that West Ham are going to be top four. And so I (laughs) recorded a message and said, no way are they going to be top four. You're out of your mind. Uh, I didn't say you're out of your mind, Uh, but I just don't think that they're that good. So I, I think you need to know what wave you're riding. Um, so I think if you're willing to ride the, you know, around six, seven, eight West Ham wave, then you just keep writing it because it's that's where they're at. I think. Um, um, yeah, I think I think now from a fantasy perspective, um, I think you just take it on a game by game basis. Um, you know, at this point, what fixtures are good for West Ham and what fixtures are bad for West Ham. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like typical, like you know, the teams at the top are going to be tough fixtures for them and teams towards the bottom, they seem like they're going to handle fairly well or, or at least um, that's the way they've, they've, they've become a lot more consistent in that way. So, um, yeah, I think if you've got your players, you play them when you can. Um, and I would, if you don't have a West Ham player, um, I would look at maybe where your weakest points on your team are and seeing if a West Ham player would fit in there because I think they're um, they're a good shout for I mean you've got Antonio in the front you've got Suchek and even Lingard as like a punt um, which you had brought in but I think Mm -hmm. Suchek is definitely the best uh, midfield option there Um, and then you've even got Cresswell in the back um, and Kufal in the back who's a cheapish defender so I think you've got options there so yeah I think I think you keep riding West Ham man there it's taken me a long time to get there but they're good. I should have brought in a West Ham player earlier and I don't think you will regret bringing them in. Now, keep in mind, I think they have a fairly uh, tough run coming up where they've got like back-to-back Man City, Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. But if, you know, they're, they're the types of players where they're not super expensive and you can bench easily if they've got tough fixtures or, you know, um, yeah. so that's, that's how I feel about them. Yeah. I think they're doing well. What do you totally. think?
0: No, I think that's exactly right. I like the the idea of like riding the wave but knowing which wave you're riding because yeah, you're not riding a top 4 wave. You're riding you're <laughs> riding a you're riding a mid-table wave, which is totally fine because mid-table, mid-table is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz cuz those teams score points, too. It's just a matter of of like kind of tempering your expectations. Um the one that I have trouble with because I, as you mentioned, I have Suchek and Lingard both in the midfield. So my midfield's pretty heavily West Ham invested. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yes. I, I feel pretty good about those because they're like my cheapest uh, midfield players. And Lingard's basically, I feel like, going to play every game, um, even though he's brand new to the team, just because he's a, a much higher quality than any of their other kind of
1: attacking threats. Did um, and did Moyes um, did Moyes have Lingard at United when he was there? uh possibly at least in cause like because Lingard, lingard's like 30 i think 29 or 30 so he's i think he's been at united for a decent amount of time but yeah it's been a while since Moyes was there too.
0: he's uh he's definitely looking at too. i don't know if you've seen his look recently lingard's look but he's he's kind oh, of got uh, this like like old man who's like been on top of a mountain for a while vibe going on with like oh, a weird a really wispy beard and like uh, oh, it's kind of like hair. Yeah, it's it's because he has
1: like a baby face in a way. So it seems like that would not match. Yeah, I think
0: it looks kind of good, though. It's like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice to see an unkempt in <laughs> unkempt Premier
1: League player at any point. Almost it's, like he's forgotten that the cameras are there, even though there's no one in the stands. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> I think he's just assuming that when he left Manchester
0: United, it's like they like nowhere else has technology and so no one's actually watching him.
1: <laughs> or it doesn't matter anymore. He's he's done it, he's done it United. So eh, whatever. He yeah. can do whatever he wants at West Ham and it'll be fine. West Ham, though, I will say, um they have they have the potential, like I don't love their squad and I haven't just because I don't know, they've had a weird squad the last Few years and they've held on to some people that are old and just kind of washed up in a way, like Mark Noble, yeah, um, and even Aaron Cresswell wasn't playing well the last couple of years. This what this year he's done better, um, but like they've just had people that have been there for so long and they've not replaced or brought any new energy in. But it seems like their front line, they've got Suchek, they've got Jared Bowen, they've got Ben Rama, they've got. Um, Antonio, I mean, these are, like, not washed-up players. These are, like, younger players that are are ready to play. And so I think that's exciting. Um, and I'm excited to see how they progress as a unit, um, if they can keep all of those players. Because um, I think that they'll be pretty decent. They could maybe um, – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the summer because – if, if they bring in – I feel like they don't need, like, too many assets. Mm. Um, is a good goalie, I think. Um, and if they bring in maybe one or two, like, strong players, if they can secure Europe and bring in one or two strong players, then they'll be a very good team next year.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's that's a great point. Like, they have become good with a couple of good signings, to so like, Suchek and um...
1: – Yeah, Suchek has been one of the signings of – Yeah. Did he – no he was he, he was on the team last year but I think he came in like January or something but yeah over the last couple of years he's 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 been a, one of the best signings for them um, because they're not it... they're
0: not known for good signings right like they brought in Sebastian <laughs> <No>. L- <laughs> they brought in Sebastian Allaire a couple of years ago for like obscene money and he's been terrible
1: he, um, yeah I, people were excited about him and I think he did well the season before he came to West Ham but goodness he has not come off. I don't even
0: know if he's in the squad right now, yeah.
1: but yeah. So Yarmolenko,
0: so, oh my gosh, Andre Yarmolenko, goodness. Yeah, but uh, I I love to watch them play. They are very well coached, and they try they like play really hard every game. Um, so it's it's a fun team to watch, and I think there will come a point where I will offload my West Ham assets. Um, but yeah. I'm willing to to wait a couple weeks at least for that to happen.
1: Yeah, 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 and yeah, I, I want to be transparent. I have Antonio now, um, and I am thinking about it's possible that I get rid of him when he has those like two or three back-to-back-to-back tough games because um, I brought him in because I saw he had a couple of good games. Um, it's very possible I, that I – ditch the wave and bring in, bring in someone else for him, but that's player specific, not team specific. So I think as far as the team goes, you ride the wave, but um, just, yeah. Just take a look at your players and see where they fit the best. Yeah. I
0: think my, my move would be getting rid of Lingard in a couple weeks and bringing Sun yeah. back on um, now yeah. that now yeah. that Kane is back healthy. Yeah. Cool. Glad we got to talk about West Ham.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Okay, so going back to teams, um, I want to ask you, Taylor Hare, what teams are currently on the beach?
0: (laughs) And you'll you'll have to define for our listeners what you mean by on the beach.
1: Yeah, so on the beach is just the the term that's used uh, towards the end of the season as the season's wrapping up, what teams just kind of um, just go on vacation in the sense that they're not really fighting for anything they're just kind of seeing out the rest of the games so they don't really care that much o- often you'll see a big drop in form um and then just won't they just they just look very lackluster and just kind of it is what it is um Bournemouth were known for being on the beach as uh, <laughs> as soon as they were like as they just all would all, the last couple of seasons they would have a dr- huge drop off in uh in form once they uh once they secured relegation or secured uh, uh you know staying in the league so yeah um what yeah what teams do you see that are on the beach yeah already? i mean already, i know it's early to be saying it but um i would venture to say that there's some that are already there
0: i think there are a couple it's
1: it's i've checked into the hotel let's see <laughs> it's so
0: interesting cuz i think a lot more teams than usual have things to play for right now um So teams that you might like the places that you might associate on the table with like being on the beach or like, you know, the, the like 10th place, um, like ninth place, 11th place, these places that are pretty secure in terms of, um, staying in the league, but they're probably not moving upward towards Europe. Um, but I think a lot of those places are actually have quite a bit to play for. So like Arsenal, for instance, I think has a lot to play for, um, Uh, So I don't think they're on the beach. The the teams that I read right now are um, Crystal Palace.
1: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) That's the first one I was thinking (laughs) of. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I thought of when I thought of this question.
0: Yeah. I don't think they're going to score more than one or two goals a game at most for the rest of the season. They're probably going to finish right above relegation, but they're going to stay up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I like – Even having some really great players that I love, Patrick Van Aanholt, Wilfred Zaha, um, notable among them. I I personally wouldn't bring them in um, at this point and would probably look to get rid of them just because I don't see a lot of points in their future. Um, The other teams, I mean, I I don't know what's going on with Wolves, but... um, Hmm. Wolves are just a mystery. I haven't watched a lot of Wolves games in the past, like, couple months, so that could be part of it. But um, they don't seem to – like, the kind of production we were seeing earlier in the year from Podence and Neto um, and, like, Ruben Neves and people like that uh, just doesn't seem to be happening for them. So I would be wary about them. They seem to be on a Portuguese beach right now.
1: (laughs) Um, That sounds sounds amazing. Yeah. They have to be on a
0: Portuguese beach. They're all at home. And then um, – The last team, this is, this is maybe just a team that I don't understand right now, and I they I don't think they have any players I would want right now. Is
1: does Brighton. their team start? Yeah, I was about to say, does it start with a B? <laughs> uh, it was well, either going to be Burn, Burnley or Brighton. But yeah. I was yeah I was thinking Brighton. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I just don't know what's going on with them. They don't have any players that really produce super high value, with the exception of maybe Lewis Dunk as a defender (laughs) um, (laughs) good old dunk which is the best name the most english uh championship level soccer name Yeah. (laughs) yeah um so those are those are the three teams that i am like kind of avoiding right now just because um even if they have a couple of like good individual players i don't see them putting up a lot of goals or a lot of yeah goals or clean sheets for the rest of the season
1: yeah. I agree with all of that. Those are probably the three that I would say too. Um, yeah. And then there's a couple of there, you know, there's probably a couple teams that are booking their plane tickets, but, um, who, who would you, you mentioned Burnley earlier. Burnley. Um, yeah. All they need are maybe, I mean, I guess you just got to get to 40. That's pretty much been the, the cutoff. Once you get to 40, you can kind of, um, slow down a bit. Um, I don't think they're on the beach yet just because I think they're they th- yeah I think they're too far down I think they want to try to secure some more points before they kind of ease off the gas pedal yeah um but I agree with those three that you said I think yeah stay away from them um, from a fantasy perspective because they're on the they're 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 walking out onto the beach they're kind of um wrapping it up for this season as far as you know their aspirations. I guess now at this point it's more so. And I would say for Brighton, they're even though they're technically on the coast, they're probably the least on the beach. Just because <laughs> I think I think they're they're a good squad, and um, I think he's still trying to work on some things. Like um, I think they've just been unlucky. I think they should technically probably be a couple places higher than they are. Yep. Um, I think they're a better squad than than what the table represents um just because he's trying to bring in pascal gross and he's trying to bring in some of the other players so mm. i think he's still trying to figure things out so i wouldn't say they're 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 very close to being on the beach but um but he's still trying to figure things out i don't think grand potter will ever take his foot completely off the gas uh, you know i think they're still going to play that strategy um try to press pretty high they're kind of like it's like you've got the same kind of strategy as like um, Liverpool used to be when they all their players are fit and then Southampton is like and, and well I guess kind of Man City and Liverpool are kind of uh, up there they're trying to possess the ball trying to win the ball high um, Southampton is like the lighter version of those and then Brighton is like the lighter version of Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that's kind of that's kind of how I see it at least it's like you have
0: like tiers of gig and pressing and the first one yeah. is, is Liverpool and then you've got like Klopp's mini me House and and then you've got right. Grand Potter. Grand
1: Potter. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Because Brighton can do well. Um and, I mean they beat Liverpool. I mean, um they they can they kind of know what they're doing. They've got a pretty clear strategy. So I don't know. I, I yeah. like Brighton. I want them to do better, but same.
0: Yeah. I think on the on the Burnley thing, I am thinking about making a keeper switch because I have um oh, what's his name? The Southampton keeper.
1: Um, oh god yeah McCarthy, McCarthy.
0: yeah who is just not I don't think necessarily from any fault of his own just kind of in the toilet right now because the team is his yeah. influx um so I think I might bring in Nick Pope from Burnley because they have over yes. the, next, the next couple of weeks they play basically all the teams below them and those for them I think are like must-win games so they've got um Two, two games this game week. So they've got Crystal Palace, and then they've got Fulham. And then the next week, they've got West Brom. Um, and then they've got, uh, I think, maybe Spurs after that. So they've yeah. got some really important games coming up. So um, I think I might bring him in. Um,
1: no, I yeah. I would definitely uh, – and we're kind of reaching into another uh, question. But, yeah. yeah um, I guess – we can what's next i I, yeah i I definitely think burnley still have something to offer uh, totally for sure especially given their fixtures um well do you want to i guess we could move on to we've got a couple questions that are like player specific yeah do you want to move on to those
0: uh sure well actually since we i brought up the double game week thing do we want to talk about double game weeks
1: yeah sure Yeah, we can do that. We can do that, and then go on to like uh, player specific. Um, Cool. Yeah. So my question was, how much focus should we put on the double game week teams? Um, Considering there's um, four teams that that play twice um, this coming game week, and then there's an extra um, game the following week, and then that. So that's only two two teams. So not a ton of not a ton of uh, extra double game weekers um, Mm -hmm. coming up. Um, so how much focus are you putting on it? How much focus do you think is uh, warranted for it? And what players would you be targeting? Um, with that, I think you brought up a good point with Nick Pope, uh, and Burnley have some, uh, great fixtures for that. Um, so yeah, that, that would be a great place to start. Um, yeah,
0: the only, so the, the teams that have a double game week coming up are Man City, Burnley, Fulham and Everton. And then the following week, um, Leeds and Southampton both have two games, yeah. um, so those are kind of the teams that at least I'm looking at. Um, and the big, I mean, the big one that stands out is Man City, right? Like,
1: yeah,
0: anytime you can have the best team, the team, the best team in the league, the team that's most on form in the league, yeah, play two games in a row is always something you want to look at. Um, yeah. So for me, that looks like. Um, I mean, I'm not going to bring back Bill, Phil Foden. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so prone to just crawling back to the Xs that I've jumped off of my team, um, but I'm not going to do it this time, no matter how much I want to. Um, I think instead I'm looking to shift Andy Robertson um, from my defense. And one of the places I'm looking is maybe at, you know, a Ruben Diaz in the back bringing in a, a man city defender um yeah. uh, so that's like one place I think I would look I would look at man city's defense um, for to get to get a hold of some of those game week points I will say it just in general the double game week isn't factoring a ton into my thinking I'm not yeah I'm not like okay. plotting plotting around it but if I were to think about it these are the teams that, these are the players I would probably think about um yeah. I, I think about DCL at everton obviously. Um back to his scoring ways. Um, and then, yeah, Nick Pope from Burnley, I think would be a good shout um, And then you can't say no to, to Patrick Bamford um, at Leeds given their their double game week in the following week. So those are those would be the big ones that I'm thinking about with the caveat that I may not bring in any, players who have a double game week I'm just not putting stock in it at the moment um not to the extent that's going to change my transfer strategy a ton um what about you are there particular people you're looking at
1: no I'm kind of right there with you on that as far as how you're how you're um kind of preparing for it you're not really preparing you're not like targeting it very much um yeah I would say if you're looking to get rid of players um I would say if you're able to bring in double game week players, then do it. Um, especially, especially if it's a Man City defender, um, because you need Man City defenders if you don't already have them. Um, and if you have a Burnley defender, it's a great time to, to spike some hopeful, hopefully two Burnley cleans in a row in one game week. Um, and then, you know, then you can always put them on the bench after their good run if you need to. Um, no, I think you've kind of, kind of covered everything that i was going to cover um let's see who else because you don't want anyone from fulham god yeah, no. i wouldn't um, say no. yeah dcl eh, i mean if you don't have him i wouldn't stress on bringing him in uh, unless you're absolutely going to get rid of one of your other forwards and you just have money to to put there
0: yeah because um, their their uh, fixtures aren't aren't great no right? they've
1: got they've got no, Fulham.
0: But they've got Man City as well, so it's yeah, like... we got
1: Fulham and City. So really, that's like one game. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Liverpool after that. So it's like if you bring in DCL, it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just don't love it. I wouldn't bring him in necessarily. Um, but yeah, Patrick Bamford is is a good one um, for the following game week. And um, let's see, maybe, yeah maybe I was listening to, to a podcast and they were talking about Danny Ings, um, as kind of like a, a little mm. bit more of a rogue shout than maybe like your nailed, like city and Burnley defenders to bring another,
0: in. another one of my exes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he could be a fun one. Um, he could be an adventurous one. Um, cause he's got, he's got the double, um, in game week 25 and he plays Leeds, which is a good fixture, but he also plays Chelsea, which is not great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that one. If you're just looking for some fun, like you know, maybe you'd go with him. Um, but I think I
0: I I disagree with the with the Ings shout just because he has not been the same player since he came back from injury. And mm. there are so many like cheap high quality yeah. forwards out there. Yeah, no, like they're, they're I I have hard. I have both Ollie Ali Watkins and Callum Wilson who are both really high producing right now and both cost like. 6.2 or below basically um so I don't, I don't love the danny ings uh the danny ings vibe
1: yeah no that's no that's no you make a really good point and no, i definitely agree with you um uh there's no reason to to bring in danny ings when you can bring in patrick bamford ollie watkins um Uh, those two players dcl dcl is probably a better pick than Ings, but i mean you're going to be looking to get rid of him soon i don't know i think i think probably i don't know dcl is a i think a better player at the moment but as far as picks go i think they're probably at the same level to be honest um No, but that's, that's pretty much all I got to say about the double game weeks. I'm not putting too much stock into it either. I would like to bring in a early defender like Pope or maybe Ben Mee or Tarkovsky or, or so, you know, um, maybe Loton because he's super cheap. He's like 4'4". Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't know if I have room because I've got two city defenders already, um, and then I've got two Chelsea um, – well, a goalie, a Chelsea goalie and a Chelsea defender – um, and then the rest of my lineup is set. So I really am only playing with three defenders. Hmm. Um, I don't want, unless I wanted to bench a uh, son who plays city and, and play. Um, and at that point, maybe, um, bring in a Burnley defender that would normally be on my bench, uh, yeah. onto the field. So something I'm thinking about, but I don't think I'm going to bench son. I just don't like doing it, even though they play city and I'm not expecting Sun to score you just never know. Uh, I just hate benching um, someone that that's one that's that's highly owned. Um, yeah. And also that is, um, you know, a quality player. And uh, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. If he if he didn't have if Harry Kane wasn't healthy, I would say bench him. But with Harry Kane, it's like yeah. son is a totally different player when he's got Kane playing with him.
1: Yeah, that too. They, you know, with Kane being back, it, it gives you a little bit more hope <laughs> that he might score. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to bench. I don't think I'll bench him. So, I don't really know that I have room for Burnley um, defenders. And I'm fine with my with my two Chelsea guys because they play uh, Newcastle. Uh, so, yeah. hopefully the, hopefully they'll keep that clean. Um, so, yeah, I'm not itching to bring in double game weakers But um, going to your other question uh, – you had a question about Andy Robertson, right? Because yeah, you just mentioned it.
0: Yeah, so my question was, like, I think one possible answer to the question of, you know, I'm thinking about getting rid of Andy Robertson. Who do I pick up? One possible answer is a Man City defender. Um, like Diaz. I don't know who you would suggest, but Diaz seems like the most consistent. Yeah.
1: If you um, can bring him in, bring him in.
0: The other option I had and I was thinking about was Aaron Wan-Basaka, um, who... Not only have Man United been keeping a lot of clean sheets, but Aaron Wambasaka is getting assists and occasionally goals, right? So that would be the other defender I would I was thinking about. Um, so I don't know what you think about that. As I don't love I don't
1: love that. I don't okay. love that. I think if it's between um, Diaz and Wambasaka, you're picking Diaz every single time. Okay. Um, now I say that. I think he's the better pick. Is there a a chance that Juan Basaka outscores Diaz? A very small percentage, I think, (laughs) uh, of chance. I I mean, it's always possible um, because Diaz could play one game and not the other. And he plays in the game where Spurs score a goal. And it's like, but I just don't think that that's, I think the most likely outcome is that um, Diaz outscores. Wambasaka this game week and for the rest of time yeah I think yeah (laughs) I mean I just don't like it I just don't like Wambasaka and they might score I mean they might keep a clean sheet but geez like he's not that good going forward though I know that he in that 9-0 game he scored and got an assist or whatever um they're not going to have that many more of those types of games, and he is not very good at going forward. If you watch their games, I mean, I watched them play Everton just recently, and he is terrible um, <laughs> trying to cross the ball. It's just, it, it's just not. That's not his. That's not his game. Um, yeah. So I, if you're bringing him in, you're relying on the clean sheets, and God, I don't even know if I trust United with clean sheets at the moment. I mean, they have the capacity to keep clean sheets, and they should keep clean sheets against teams like West Brom but god they just let up three against Everton and I mean they're just weak their their back line is kind of um I don't know they're just kind of like you can shatter them pretty easily I think I mean De Gea is not that great I don't know why he's playing they need to just bring it just rip the band-aid off bring in Dean Henderson sell De Gea this summer yeah do what needs to be done Dean Henderson's your future um I think you should
0: him. do, regardless of De Gea's form. I think that oh yeah that
1: happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I agree. But even now with his form, it's like it, it's a no brainer. Uh, but Ole is going to Ole. Um, I don't know. I just don't trust United's defense. I know that they have, in theory, their defense is decent. <laughs> They're decent in theory, and on paper, I feel like their their defense should be top six, easier. But I just don't, I just don't like the way they play. I don't know. They're just a little, they're just a little too shaky. So there's only one, there's only one, there's actually only three people that you should bring in for Robertson. Who are they? Diaz, Cancelo, or Stones. (laughs) I mean, it's, you've got to bring in one of those. Do you have any city defenders? No, I don't. You've got to bring in one. I mean, sorry, go ahead yeah no that's that's all you just got to bring in one i think um i
0: I will say i so i had the honor of bringing in a defender a couple weeks ago and it passed up city defenders for uh james justin from Leicester, and i have been very happy with that pick so far um yeah that that guy's an incredible player
1: that's another one of my weak points has been Leicester and not bringing in justin um especially early on when there was a lot of people on Justin, like he was the hype towards the beginning of the season and I just didn't bring him in. And uh, it just got to the point where I just couldn't. And, you know, I, I just missed out on that. Um, and he's been a thorn in my side. I think he's been I, Lester. I have overlooked all season and yeah, people, people keep getting points from them. And I just, I just have not ha- had any Lester assets all season. I don't think. Yeah. And it's like I just can't get. I'm just haven't gotten points from them, and they're they're a decent team. Um, I just don't give them enough credit. I think is my problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're a weird one to quantify because it's it's definitely the the points have been more diffuse across that team than almost any other team. I would say it's not like you can you can point to just James Madison or just Harvey Barnes or just Vardy, obviously, or or really anyone as like really producing consistently at a high level except for maybe justin
1: yeah yeah i just don't think i realize how many cleans they've kept or how attacking he gets um so i think I they, they've been they've been i've been blinded there uh, but yeah anyway enough about lester i hate lester
0: yeah i don't really want to watch their games much yeah me either um so the I think the last question on our list has to do with Ollie Watkins, is that right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um he's been piquing my interest. Um I almost I was thinking about bringing him in, bringing him in and I and I went with Antonio instead, but I'm starting to think I made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Um is he too late to like jump on that train? Like is he the real deal as like a player? Um, I- have you watched Aston Villa? I haven't watched Aston Villa in a little bit. What do you think? you think he's I, good?
0: I think he's, he's a much better pick than Antonio, personally. Like, he is a very good soccer player. And um, Antonio is also very good and, um, like, does a couple things really well. Um, but I think Ollie Watkins is just on another level. Like, he's always on the end of crosses. He is, like his finishing is really really good his like instincts around the box are really good he's taking penalties every once in a while like um i just don't i don't think there's any comparison between antonio and watkins personally but i would say picked him up so
1: do you think west Ham are the better team than aston villa uh
0: possibly but i think it's because their defense um i think i think that If you're comparing just offenses, I think Villa's is a better offense.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you there. So I think, I kind of think Aston Villa are the better team all around.
0: Yeah, I think it's totally possible. They definitely have like more fantasy worthy players. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe I'm thinking of it as too much from a fantasy perspective and not really like in in real life perspective, but that's just kind of how I see it. I think they're pretty much neck and neck, I think. But um, it looks like Antonio's flagged. So, there's a chance he doesn't play. And I brought him in really to spike the two games, Sheffield and – who did they they play last week? Newcastle? No. Fulham. Fulham and Sheffield. I brought him in to spike those two fixtures. Yeah. um, Knowing that I would probably move him on after that. But um, regardless if I get rid of him now or after the Sheffield game, if he ends up wanting to play – um, I'll probably bring in Watkins after that. I I think that that's probably the way to go. Um, after hearing you talk about him, and um, yeah, I, I I I like Villa, but I've just been hesitant to have Grealish and Watkins, um, even though that's kind of like not a good way to think. Yeah. Um, because both of them are getting points, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like it's not like one's going to get points and the other it's not. Um, that's not always the case. So you just have to think of it. Who's the best option in this slot? And I think it's, I think the two best, I think the two best picks are probably um, Bamford and Watkins. Yeah. And if you bring in
0: Watkins, you'd have them both.
1: I know. and That sounds awesome to have them. So yeah, I might, I'll probably end up bringing Watkins in for Antonio either this week or the week after assuming that Antonio plays this week. So uh, it just kind of depends. It's going to be one of those where I have to make a tough call on yeah. whether I think he's going to play or not. Um, so.
0: I just want to put a pin in the fact that I am um, thinking about maybe getting rid of Jack Grealish. Ooh, because I've got, <laughs> I've, got, I've, got I've got some money to spend, uh-huh. and I want to bring Sun back in.
1: Oh, that's where you're going to upgrade. Okay,
0: and so my options would be like maybe if I could have enough to upgrade Lingard to Sun, but I think it's more likely that I don't have enough for that. So the the Grealish to Sun upgrade is much more likely. Um, And that would allow me to upgrade it a couple of other places too. So um,
1: no, I think that's good.
0: As much as I love the guy, um, I think the the recent return of Ross Barkley makes him a little bit less valuable. And um, I think it might be worth at least for me getting rid of him at the moment
1: hmm. even yeah, though he's, I mean,
0: he's still obviously incredible value like for a seven point yeah. player he is it's like
1: he's a good pick yeah he's a good pick um yeah no i yeah i have no qualms with that now i will say i feel like their fixtures are pretty good um from an attacking standpoint and i feel like maybe spurs aren't quite as good i I would keep an eye on Kane. If Kane gets hurt, obviously yeah. that throws it out the window and that's an easy, it's an easy hold with Grealish. But if I think if it kind of depends on Kane's form, well, it depends on how Kane improves the rest of the team yeah. improves the team's form. So um, yeah, I don't, assuming Kane and Sun get back to the level they were at a few, like a couple months ago, two, three months ago, then yeah, I'm, I, I think that's probably a pretty good pick, but um, cause you probably want Sun back in, but um, Yeah. It's tough yeah. to get rid of because he's a good player.
0: I think it would be. It would be in a couple weeks because I have a couple of other I only I've only got one transfer this week and I've got a couple of other moves I need to Oh
1: yeah, work. Robertson to to Diaz.
0: And and I wanna I actually might even do I don't know. Do I do that move first or do I do Pope? Get Pope in.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Um geez. That's tough. That's really tough. Who do like I think
0: before? I think maybe I do the, the Diaz move first because I could keep Pope in oh, an extra I could keep um McCarthy in an extra week and get the double the Southampton
1: double game week. Yeah, then you miss the Burnley double game week. Just kind of depends. I, I think it comes down to who do you think is gonna get more points in the double game week? Um, Pope or Diaz. Because I think both of them are good long-term holds, medium to long-term holds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So who do you think is going to get more points? That's at least how I would think about it, but that's yeah. also torture to be honest. That's a torturous way to think about. It. <laughs> yeah. I'll but, probably I'll probably wait until Friday night and then just decide at that point. Yeah, I Diaz has the opportunity to get forward. I think Diaz has the higher ceiling. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. The higher ceiling Diaz has even even with the fixtures to be honest. Yeah. I think Diaz has the higher ceiling. So I don't know. It's kind of a toss up. You never know. But I think the sooner you bring in a city player, the better. That's kind of how I've treated this year. Mm. Um, now I'm not winning the league. So you might want to talk to Jay about how to make uh, good transfers, but the way I've kind of treated it this year is it doesn't really matter as much um, who the like who's playing who um, and like trying to time the transfers out in the best way. You get the best players as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, that's how I see it. And we only have so many weeks left, so you only have so many weeks of Diaz points left. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to push you in a direction because on Slack I told you to to lean Callum over Watkins, and that <laughs> ended. And you ended up not doing it to your benefit because that was the better. Watkins was the better choice, and I told you wrong. So. I like, I, I feel like I've not, I've not, uh, you've, you've had the better assessment over me, um, on several occasions. So. That's just,
0: that's such classic Taylor to like ask for advice and then not take it
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, you just need to know that you got to back yourself, go with your gut. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: I was also just trying to stir the pot on Slack too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I hear you. Um, I hear you. So I think we've got through all of our questions. Um, okay. Are there any other points you wanted to make before uh, I ask you what games you're looking forward to coming up?
1: Um, no, I don't think so. I think we we didn't take as a, an overview as we as we have the last couple pods, but we got pretty granular on some stuff, which uh, which I liked. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I think we've covered everything pretty well. You can only cover so much. So much has happened. So, um, unless we want this podcast to be five hours long, yeah. um, and go game by game, like I'm not doing that. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into let's get into next next game week's games. Um, I don't know when we're podcasting next, so I don't know how far in advance you want me to look. I mean, we could just look at this week. I don't. We can if we don't podcast for another week. A couple
0: yeah, weeks, it is uh, what it final. is. Yeah. So just uh, while you're looking over those, I think my big one that I'm looking forward to, partially from my the standpoint of um, my own like fantasy team, is the Chelsea-Newcastle game. And I just want to know if Werner's going to play or not. Like, I'm going to start him, but uh, I'm interested to see how Tuchel changes things up um, against a lesser team. Um, to see what happens there. So that's one that I'm looking forward to. And then the other big one is the, I think Everton Man City is going to be awesome to watch. I think it's going to be so much fun.
1: I do not. I <laughs> totally disagree. They are going to smash us, dude. They are going to absolutely rip our assholes out of our body.
0: No, Evan, listen, this is exactly... going to be bad. <laughs> this is exactly the type of game that Pep Guardiola will overthink. Um like he will he will be like okay like they are doing this over their last couple of game weeks I need to do this and this and this and make all these absurd changes when in fact the other team is just like half dead lying on the ground waiting to be put out of their misery and he just refuses mm-hmm. to do it because he overthinks things. I think that's what's going to
1: yeah. happen. It's possible and they play Spurs earlier, so I think he'll probably put more stock in Spurs than uh, than us, and so he'll probably play a stronger team against Spurs, I would guess. But I, I mean, that's the only case I could make for maybe we pull something out of it. If we, I would be absolutely shocked if we got a point from this game. Shocked. Yeah. City <laughs> are so City are so good. City are looking like they. This is probably. I know that they've looked incredible in previous seasons and people have talked about them winning um, the, the quad, but it's actually possible this, this, uh, this time around, just yeah. because their defense is so good. Um, I don't think that I don't think we have a chance, man. Yeah. I, I hope you do. I'll be watching. Oh, I, I I'll be, I'll try. Wait, when do they play? It's they a... play on Wednesday. So I won't, I won't be watching it probably. <laughs> oh, I might have it on. It depends. Might have it on the background, but no. Uh, What about you? What uh, what games are you looking forward to? Um, So just looking at it, I try to pick ones that I think will be the most fun um, from a neutral perspective, um, like what games are going to be the most fun. Maybe either have the most narrative or the most goals or um, just the most excitement. I think Arsenal and Leeds will be a really solid game. Um, just because I watched Leeds recently when they played Everton and that game was absolutely chaotic. Um, <laughs> and it just reminds me that I have not watched Leeds very much. And so if every game is like that, just imagine Arsenal now playing in this game. It's like, they're already like, they're already, you they're don't know what mess. to expect from them. They're a hot mess. Like what's going to happen? Like, I feel like Leeds, it could, e- it could easily be 4-0 to Leeds, but it could easily be like, 2-0 to, 2-1 to Arsenal or something. You know, it's yeah. like anything could happen. And uh, I'm excited to see that. Uh, I think that'll be fun. I think Arsenal have some exciting younger players that are starting to pick up a lot of game time. So it'll be interesting to see how they play. I've got my eye on Arsenal um, just because I think they have some uh, a good room to improve. Another game I think is going to be Villa Brighton. I think that'll mm. be... I kind of think that one might be cagey, to be honest. I think that one might be a little bit more cagey yeah. um, than maybe what you would think. Um, Cause yeah, I just feel like Brighton will probably try to possess the ball quite a bit and they probably will. Um, but I think Villa will probably be able to hold them pretty easily. So um, I, I probably see like a two nil win to Villa or something. Like they'll sneak in a couple goals and that'll be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be even cagier than that, you know? Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Those are my two. Those are the two games I'm looking forward to, um, other than Everton. Yeah, that, uh,
0: man, can you imagine, like, David Luiz trying to, like, keep up with Leeds'
1: front line? It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be, like, you know those games? You know those games where you're, like, chef in the kitchen? And there's like just orders flying at you and you're trying to keep up. That's exactly what I imagined David Luiz doing back there. He's like somehow by himself and he's like trying to like scramble around, grab some eggs and throw them on the pizza or whatever.
0: There's like a uh, whole, there's like a whole line of orders up on the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's just frantic. And they're they're uh, named, they're named like Jack Harrison and Rafinha and Patrick Bamford and Cleish and whatever.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh God. Yeah. That Chelsea game, though, I think will be good, too. That'll be interesting. Um, I'm really interested. I, what? When do they play? Damn, they play Monday. Yeah. I, w- I really want to watch them, but I don't know if I'll be able to get to. There's a lot of games I won't be able to watch that I want to. Um, so, I don't know. Those are kind of... Those are, those are the games that I would potentially be watching if I could.
0: Cool. It'll be a good one.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be a good game week, uh, especially with this double game week. A lot could happen, so... I'm really hoping that we get a lot of movement in our uh, fantasy table. Same. Now, hopefully I shoot right up to the top.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a great point to end on. Um, unless, you have, <laughs> unless you have anything else to, to say.
1: Uh, have fun, y'all.
0: Have fun, y'all. You said it. Now we can uh, conclude the podcast. Um, Evan, it was great to talk to you. Um, I'll see you maybe next week, maybe sometime after that. Who knows?
1: It's always a pleasure, Taylor Hare.
0: All right, then. Well, I'll see you later.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.